Busey Wealth Management, we're proud to partner with individuals, families, and foundations, ensuring possibilities become achievements. From preserving and enhancing your assets to securing your legacy for future generations, we're focused on your success. Busey Bank, building business, growing wealth. Since 1868, member FDIC. Ninety-three WIBC. It is the Kendall and Casey show. I'm Rob Casey's here, and obviously, Casey, we have spent so much of the past couple shows talking about uh, just all this drama mm-hmm. going on in Brownsburg. If you're new to all of this, uh, multiple uh, staff members at at Brownsburg, uh, Brownsburg Elementary, Brown Elementary, have been uh, arrested. Uh, they've been they've been charged with issues related to alleged abuse mm-hmm. involving a special needs student and. Quite frankly, Casey, the transparency on this whole thing from many areas has been complete crap. Yeah, because they have known about it for a while, or it happened a while ago, rather. It happened a while ago. And then it just finally came out. And then we talked about how when you were gone the other day, that, uh, you know, radio silence basically from law enforcement on this. Hammer and I did a big rant about it, and and coincidence or not, basically two hours later, then they announced the charges. you know, had been filed. Mm-hmm. And one of the people who has really been a leader on this, who has been struggling to get information about this whole thing, specifically from the Brownsburg Police Department, is Kristen Furklick. And she joins us now to talk about this struggle, which should be concerning to everybody because it really does involve so many kids potentially being at risk here. Uh, Kristen joins us now on the drivehubler.com hotline. Kristen, how's it going? Uh, well, it's been a bit of an interesting week. It's been kind of frustrating and um, rather eye-opening. Yeah, so you have been trying to get information from the Brownsburg Police Department, and you have basically been stonewalled by the police department's attorney, correct? Absolutely. Um, I submitted a public records request for the incident report, otherwise known as the police report, regarding this incident that happened at Brown Elementary and was responded to directly by the attorney for the Brownsburg Police Department. And what did he say? Because we read part of that letter that he gave you on the air, and to me it was just pathetic, the legal nonsensical mumbo-jumbo that no way the average person would understand. Well, it was difficult to understand, in part because it was just so poorly written. It was lacked basic punctuation and sentence structure. Um, but basically, he threw a series of Indiana code at me, and um, the tone of the of, of the note letter was that they had a series of code that they could continue to throw at me. Um, one of the, the sentences that stuck out at me was, this list of objections is illustrative and not exhaustive. Um, it's, it's showing me the line that they are, you know, not going to turn this over to me. Uh, uh, Kristen Furklick is our guest. She's been working very hard to get information involving um, this alleged incident in Brownsburg schools that has resulted in charges for multiple staff members. And, I, and Kristen, you know, you and I have talked about this. The thing that's concerning to me that they're stonewalling you is, look, these people were in charge of children, and this involves a school system and an elementary school where there are hundreds and hundreds of kids going to school there. We the public have the right to know what the Brownsburg Police Department based their reasoning to have these charges filed on. 
Well, absolutely. I mean, public access law is meant to underscore the fundamental theory that government is is the servant of the people, mm-hmm. um, and it's not our master. But this 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 letter that I got from the attorney for the police department is certainly the tone of it is exactly the opposite. Kristen, um, and that should should alarm everyone. I'm curious, what is your relationship with Brown Elementary? Um, I am a member of the community. I have never had children in that school. Um, I had children in the Brown or in the Brownsburg school system um, for approximately three, four years, um, at which time I pulled them out um, in 2020 um, after a um, rather egregious experience. But I've never had children in that school particularly. And and this is important. Again, uh, Kristen Ferklick is our guest trying to talk about her struggle to get information involving this alleged incident in Brownsburg, which has involved multiple charges you know, being filed against multiple people. Because I have had numerous people come to me now and say, we're so glad you are talking about this. Our child suffered issues in Brownsburg schools, some of them special needs, uh, parents of special needs kids. And we, the public, have the right to know, you know, who these other uh, staff members were around. You know, it doesn't involve but potentially other staff members at the school. We don't know any of that. And the idea that the police, who are supposed to protect the community and the children, are stonewalling you is ridiculous. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I'm I'm very concerned by that. Um, obviously, as you alluded to, um, within um, a couple hours of the discussion um, previously, they released um, charges and the full press release, um, but are still refusing to give me the actual incident report, um, which is is very curious. Um, so absolutely this is is very very concerning um the default position with public access law should be that the benefit of the doubt should be with the taxpayer and the the attitude that comes from public agencies as a general rule is suspicion and contempt all right so uh real quick what what is going on with this attorney that the police department attorney uh, cc'd on his email response to you where he essentially told you to kick rocks because this also has you concerned absolutely um i noticed on the response um that i received that um a, a person by the name of andrew manna m-a-n-n-a was cc'd on the response the denial that i received um I happen to recognize that name um, as being another attorney, and I responded to the Brownsburg attorney, uh, Marksberry, and was asking him who this other attorney represented in the context of my public records request, um, because it didn't. He certainly didn't represent me, mm-hmm. um, and Marksberry represented the police department, so I didn't know why um, he would be included in this. Um, I had to badger him with four more emails for him to explain to me who this person uh, was representing. Finally, he came off of it and told me that uh, Mr. Manna represented the Brownsburg School Corporation. Wait, wait, wait. Time out, time out, time out. So you're telling me the Brownsburg Police Department attorney 
is carbon copying someone who he told you represents the school on a matter of law enforcement where you're making a public records request to the police department and he's keeping the school attorney in the loop? Absolutely. He was keeping them apprised, tipped off. I don't know what you want to call it, but certainly um, I as far as the letter of the law goes, it may be, you know, he may be within his rights to do so, but that certainly speaks to um, some uh, very questionable um ethics as far as i'm concerned and i think anybody looking in on this would wonder why that's going on yeah that this this alleged crime happened on school property the school obviously thought it was serious enough that they fired these people there are multiple criminal charges filed against multiple people and you've got the police department attorney keeping the school attorney in the loop right uh, just, yeah. Well, that's totally par for the course in Brownsburg. But I mean, that is Casey. That is gross. Yeah, that just gave me goosebumps. If that's true, that's that's unbelievable. Um, Kristen, we want to thank you so much. Uh, mm-hmm. Your work on this, I think, got them to finally move forward on these charges because it gave us the info we needed to talk about it. And you have just done such a great job. And we really appreciate you fighting for transparency on this. I know all the the parents appreciate you fighting for transparency on this. So thanks for filling us in on on what you're uh, what you've been going through. Well, I appreciate you guys keeping everyone, um, you know, in the loop as well. Um, you've done a, a great service for um, everyone in the community, letting them know what's going on in schools across central Indiana. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Eighteen minutes after 11, it is Kendall and Casey. On 93 WIBC, so the White House yesterday denied that President Biden was given questions in advance of a press conference, this with the (laughs) South Korean president. A photo emerged. He was holding this uh, card that had information on it about a reporter and an outline of a question. And, uh, of course, Karine Jean-Pierre denied that she the photo went viral you can see up close that this was a, an LA Times reporter who was going to ask the first question and according to the White House press secretary this is this is entirely normal rob isn't it fascinating the amount uh, the go- the government has devolved so rapidly and they have so little respect and f- quite frankly fear that's the big thing they fear the people so little that whether it's uh the Plainfield schools telling you it doesn't matter what you saw in that video clip of our assistant superintendent. You're taking it out of context. Yeah, we don't do that here. But she says you do it here. Doesn't matter. We don't do it here. Mm-hmm. To Biden, there's a snapshot of the card. It's in his hand. Right. There's no question. No, we don't do that here. Yeah. But it's right. No, it doesn't matter. We don't do that here. No. And look, quite frankly, this we we are to blame, Casey, as a society, because they do this. They being the government, whether it's a local school board or the or the president's administration, does this because 
They don't fear you. Well, they're not worried about any ramifications. And we let them get away with it. Sure. And in this instance, the Los Angeles Times, well, they're in on it. Right. They're not going to report something that they're part of. Right. Okay. So she says that this is entirely normal and that Biden, he doesn't have advanced knowledge of any specific question. And she's asked about this and she gives just a rambling explanation about how they choose and who Biden's going to call on. Take a listen. How are the reporters decided? So, um, so the way that we have moved forward uh, with this type of uh, process is that we reach out to uh, a number of reporters who uh, who are going to who we know are going to be at the press conference, uh, and that's what we did yesterday. Uh, and also, we try to be really mindful and who who has not gotten a question in a while. Uh, and uh, and so, as you know, we could only pick two reporters yesterday, so that limits our ability on how many reporters we can call on. Uh, Mary's not here, but I can say one of the reasons that we uh, we picked Mary is because she was just named uh, a chief White House correspondent for ABC and had not gotten a, a question in some time. And we picked the Los Angeles Times, uh, which has gotten a, which has not gotten a question in some time. And I want to add uh, that the fact that California has the largest South Korea, uh, Korean American population in any state in the country, and uh, and LA has the biggest population of any city in America, and LAT is the biggest daily paper serving that population. So we are mindful on who we pick and who we want to communicate out to. So it's all predetermined is what she's saying there. Yeah, it's never Newsmax. It's a, I'm sure that's just a coincidence. Right. It's never Newsmax on the card getting the uh, the uh, pre-chosen question. Now, I don't think it's totally unreasonable or uncommon for a president to have some notes I mean, yes, it's one of the, it is the biggest job in the world, sure. right? And he wants to make sure that he's giving accurate and correct information, right? I mean, I've got notes here in front of me, but it's not word for word. I don't have a script of what you're going to say and how I'm going to react to you and vice versa. It's just, you know, be abreast of everything that's going on. Yeah, that's one thing I'm pretty proud of, Casey. I put absolutely no effort into this show whatsoever. Ain't no notes on me. <laughs> but it's just, it's interesting that it's all predetermined. I mean, she just admitted right there. We selected them because of this, and we had the question for the president in advance. So he won't be stumped because he can't answer on the fly. But again, Casey, in a weird way, it doesn't matter what they do or say because what I call the the apologists will always defend them no matter what they do. It's the same thing that's going on with these various school corporations. Again, there's, there's nothing new under the sun. And whether this is a local thing in the case of the schools or a national thing in, in the case of the President of the United States, there are people who are so invested in the end result they're so invested in the final outcome, and the final outcome in this case is defend the institution, defend the liberalism, defend the indoctrination. They're all connected, even though they're they're different people or different topics, that they know there will be enough people wholly invested in defending a desired outcome that they they will not be told you are that is pathetic. You're a grown ass man, and you have to have the questions written down for you in advance. You should be in a home, buddy. Much less not running, much less running the country. It's interesting that you said connected, because that actually kind of calls back to the interview we just had with Kristen Furklick. How it's all connected. 
how the police department CC'd the school yeah. on an email. Think it, so, yeah, think about that. And again, she's been spot on throughout a bunch of this. So, uh, the, you know, if you missed that interview last segment, uh, Kirsten Furklick, who has been really pushing to get information on what happened on this alleged abuse at the school in Brownsburg, has been totally stonewalled by the Brownsburg Police Department attorney. And in this response, she claims he carbon copies this guy who she says is an attorney for the school corporation. Well, the job of the police department isn't to be in cahoots with the school. Screw the school. They had their chance to do their job, and they failed. We're here because the school failed the kids. If the school had done their job, there wouldn't have been abuse to have a criminal investigation over. The school failed. But as you see, they're all in cahoots together. They're all, all protecting each other. All connected. He's copying, and I'm based on what she said, it would be interesting... I'm sure he would never come on the show, but did you mean to blind copy that guy? <laughs> and did you accidentally CC him? Yeah. Because there's no reason you are in charge of the criminal investigation. The school has nothing to do with it. The school, you guys have the ability to, to get information from them. You have the ability to take testimony from them. But they have nothing to do with a member of the community asking you, the police department, to get information to your investigation, which affects everyone in the public and every taxpayer and every person who sends a kid to that school. But yeah, what are they doing? Just CCing the school on it. Why? Hey, this is what we're telling this lady, FYI, just so you know. It's interesting, isn't it? Okay, so it was also take your child to work day at the White House. <laughs> we, we heard from Hammer earlier about that. Uh, and here's the thing. The president took more questions from children at their mock press conference <sighs> than he has the regular White House press corps in a couple of weeks. And at one point, a little kid was asking if we're going to have to go back to masking again. And this is what Karine Jean-Pierre had to say about that. Do you think the president will ever make us wear masks again? I hope not. I I hope not. Um, so, look, we're in a different place than we were, as you guys all know. COVID, I mean, you guys are at the age where you had to deal with COVID pretty, pretty personally, right? I mean, probably some of you probably started school and had to wear masks. And so the president's working very hard every day to make sure that, you know, we do everything that we can to fight COVID. So I, that I can promise you, that I can promise you. And now we're all in this room, not wearing masks, which is great, which is great. Okay. How about no? Like Dr. Evil. Are we going to have to wear masks again? No, that's not too hard. Instead, she turns it into a campaign speech. The president's working very hard. Now go back and tell your mommy we said that. Yeah, well, that's the point, right? You notice yeah. she didn't say that, which means it still is on the table. And we've said this from the beginning. They will do this again. They being the government. And I'm not just talking about Biden or Fauci, because look at what happened here. The supposed Republican governor shut the state down, put a million people out of work, closed tens of thousands of businesses, tried to put you in jail for not wearing a mask, had a meet and greet with a domestic terrorist who's now sitting in jail in Portland for trying to kill cops. What happened to him? He just got everything he wanted in the budget. He just got all his priorities, as he does every single time, fully funded by the Indiana Republican Party. $44 billion worth. They're fine. It's not a Democrat or Republican thing. It's a us versus them thing. And them... 
the government people, the power pants people, whether it's Holcomb or Biden or Fauci, they're just fine with destroying your life. And that answer should tell you they will absolutely do it again. Okay, so also at the Take Your Child to Work Day, at one point, Biden, I believe they were out in the Rose Garden, and he was surrounded by children. He was answering innocuous questions like, your favorite ice cream, chocolate chip, your favorite movie, Top Gun Maverick. And then somebody asked him, hey, what was the last country that you have visited? He could not remember. He could not remember. It just happened. He was just there. Remember, he took his best friend, his sister there. And his and kid. His, and his son, one of his kids, Hunter, was along for the joy ride. He couldn't remember until a little kid shouted out and said, Ireland. And he was like, oh, yeah, that's right. It was Ireland. It was a week ago. And he couldn't remember. Isn't that wild how it's all, it's all like, okay. This guy has totally lost his marbles. And we as a society just go, this is fine. This is totally normal. This is rational, regular behavior. Imagine what he's like in those meetings with the world leaders. Well, then he goes on because it's take your child to work day. Yes. To start bragging about all of his grandkids. Okay. So... Except. Well, okay, so we had the audio in this, and it's just it's too long, and I don't I don't want to go into it because I don't want to listen to him for a minute and a half. Mm-hmm. But I think he has seven actual grandchildren, including the child that Hunter Biden had with the stripper out of wedlock. Navy Biden is her name. Except they don't. Biden has never acknowledged this kid. Like it's Hunter Biden's kid. A co- I think a court. There's been a paternity test. Yeah. Like there's no doubt it, right. that's that's Hunter Biden's kid. And I think they came to some sort of settlement where Hunter is basically removed from the child's life or financial obligations or whatever. I don't remember the exact details on it. But Biden is either one of two things. So he goes on this long rant about all six. Now, he has seven. He's naming them, talking about their their names, how old they are, what they're doing. Yeah, and it is he is either the world's biggest ass, which he probably is, or he's completely just void of his marbles because he goes into intimate detail. It's not like he, oh yeah, I forgot about her or I forgot about him. He goes into intimate detail on all of these grandkids, which was kind of impressive that he could remember all that. And then he just totally doesn't acknowledge this kid. The same president who just the other day put the thing about how the the world, the, all the The children, nation's children are all of our yes, children. Yes, yes. And he just will not acknowledge that he has this grandkid. And I feel so bad for that child because while they will be spared having a life with Hunter Biden, which is totally to their benefit, mm-hmm. to have your grandfather go out of his way to not acknowledge your existence when he is the president of the United States mm-hmm. and the media hears this and they just sit there and go, yeah, you got six. Yeah, hey, buddy, you missed one. The one with the stripper. Yeah. That's a human, too. Forgot about that one. Yeah. All right. When we come back, um, we're going to close the week with some feel-good stuff. Good. And longtime friend of the station and the show, uh, now comedian Lindsay Marie is going to be with mm-hmm. us. She is opening for Jeff Dye, a very famous comedian at Helium. And so we're going to have some laughs. We're going to have some fun. We'll, uh, she'll join us when we come back. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Love 
36. It is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. It's Friday, so let's finish the last half hour on a lighter note, shall we? Yes, our politicians have proven themselves and our, uh, you know, appointed officials and educators and just all points in between have proven themselves just so disgusting this week. Casey, I can't take. <laughs> I can't take anymore. Can't do it anymore. And so we're going to close the final 30 minutes here with you today, having some laughs, having some fun, and well, a uh, long-time friend of the radio station, she had another life, was on here quite a bit talking uh, politics, but now she has uh, given that up because she, too, was tired of being a miserable person and decided <laughs> to go be funny and make people laugh. Uh, she's actually going to be playing at Helium Comedy Club right there on Georgia Street over the weekend. Our good friend Lindsay Marie joins us now on the DriveHubler.com hotline. Lindsay, how are you? I'm fantastic. How are you guys doing? I'm doing great. So, yes, we have talked with you numerous times since you uh, gave up the politics for the comedy. (laughs) And you seem to smile a lot more these days. You seem like a much happier person. I am. Um, Politics became very divisive, and I wanted out of it. It got very... um Things changed a couple of years ago. I feel like people used to have their own opinions and respect others, and then it became more and more violent and dangerous, and there were threats of doxing all the time. So I, I wanted out. Yeah, and I was telling uh, Casey and Kevin before we came on the air here, I said, I think you're good at comedy because you observed politics for a long time. You were people, you were a person who helped other people or causes, you weren't the candidate. So I think that's probably part of why you write good material is because you spent all the years observing how ridiculous people actually are. I mean, yeah, it's a thing where once you start looking for the absurdity or the weird things in life, the easier it becomes. And I think, you know, working in politics, you, you're looking for the absurdity and either a piece of legislation or a policy that someone's pushing. And so that did kind of help lend itself. But I also, a lot of that came from the writing with Second City and being trained there. Um, that's probably more the the joke part but just watching for things that are out of the usual day and making light of that i think did come from politics Lindsay marie is our guest she's going to be playing at helium comedy club over the weekend opening for jeff die casey Lindsay, you uh mentioned writing and you've also said some stuff in your tweets about being in a writer's room how different is it going from politics to writing jokes like do you spend a lot of time writing material or do you spend most of your time delivering it and seeing how it goes it's a it's pretty much 70 30 most people it's 50 50 um since i came up in improv first i prefer to write verbally so like i prefer going to an open mic with nothing planned and just talking and seeing what comes out and doing some crowd work to find my way into a joke or the bit and working it that way um but once the material starts forming it's just mic after mic and you're going to multiple cities, multiple states to get different demographics to make sure that what you have is solid and you cut out anything that's not working to get it down to the solid 15 and then solid 30 and so on. Do you find that you get different reaction to different jokes based on the city or state that you're in? Oh, 100%. Um, the Bible Belt is interesting altogether. Working the Bible Belt, I've been told, prepares you for anywhere else in the world. Um, because you have to navigate so many different minefields with different beliefs, either religious or political. And um, there's definitely pockets in Kentucky where a joke will hit, and there's other places where 
it will not hit because I'm a female delivering it. You can feel that they aren't comfortable with that. Mm. Um, dark material doesn't normally do very well in the Midwest, and that's sort of my normal sense of humor. <laughs> so it's, it's, <laughs> Lindsay Marie is our guest. She's going to be uh, performing over the weekend at Helium Comedy Club, opening for Jeff Die. When are the shows, Lindsay? We've got two tonight and Saturday night. Um, both of them are at 7.30 and 10 o'clock. Yeah, everybody should totally go. Tell them Rob Kendall sent you and just heckle the heck out of Lindsay Marie. I'm kidding. <laughs> Don't actually do that. Is it weird being up in front of people? Because like Casey and I know right now, thousands of people are listening to this interview. Thousands, tens of thousands of people. You may have heard Lindsay were number one. I don't know if you've heard. Uh, are listening every single hour. But we don't have to see them, right? It's just us talking. You have to be in front of the people yeah. and that's, that just sounds like a terrible thought to me. I actually prefer it because I can see their reactions. And if they're giving me, you know, body language, you can't normally get through radio. You can kind of hear someone smiling while they're talking. But other than that, you don't really get it. And I like interacting with the crowd. So when you joke about heckling, if people yell things out at me, that I do enjoy because I come from improv. So if you're going to throw something at me, I'm going to throw it back and I'll volley with you. And that's fun to me. Have you ever had um, to perform someplace in with chicken wire in front of you? <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. Um, I'm sure it's coming. Um, it's only a matter of time. But no, most most everyone's very nice and polite. Um, you know, and typically if someone yells something out you just yell out a line back and shut them down and get a laugh and move on. Um, they're, they haven't ever really been rude to me. Politics is a whole nother field. That's where that happened. <laughs> oh, we got about a minute here left with you. How do you get asked to open for a guy like, like Jeff die? How do you, how do, how do you get asked? How does that come to be? Cause he's a pretty big deal. He is a really big deal. And this is very exciting for me. Um, so you basically have to just keep working your butt off and proving yourself <laughs> at mics and shows. And um, Avery at Helium has been so nice to me. Where I come from, there isn't a club. So I'm always either in Louisville, Indy, or Chicago. And I don't really have what's called a home club. But when I look at the first mic I did outside of Chicago, the first pay gig, all that kind of stuff, it's Helium. Lindsay Marie, see her tonight. See her tomorrow. Helium Comedy Club, downtown Indianapolis. Lindsay, we love you. Thank you, my friend. Thank you so much. Susan Beckwith is going to join us next. We're going to talk about lawn care etiquette. Looking yeah. at you, Rob Kendall. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. It's time to mind your manners with Susan Beckwith. Ninety-three WIBC. It is the Kendall and Casey show. And Casey, you know how we go into the weekend around here. Yes, with the Belle of the Midwest. Yes, Susan Beckwith. And we do this because, well, we love you out there in listener land. But we know at the end of the day, you are some people in need of some societal reform. <laughs> and how better to send you into the weekend than teaching you some things that 
might help you. And so Susan joins us now on the drivehubler.com hotline. All right, Susan, big topic this week. We're going to talk about maintaining your property and the etiquette surrounding that, particularly maintaining your lawn. Yes, yes. So maybe not any sort of earth-shattering new information, but obviously a a good time of year to do a review. (laughs) Very timely. I know we're spending a lot of our weekends out in the yard right now. So I thought it would just be a good opportunity to review some of those kind and courteous things as far as being a good neighbor when it comes to lawn etiquette. All right. So let's start with the thing that we have debated for actually many years on this show. Mm -hmm. When is an approach? appropriate time to cut your grass i have a buddy who says if it's before 11 a.m you're doing a giant disservice to the community and i say if you ain't up by nine you're in my world now where do you come down on this You know, that's I totally understand. We tend to, to err more on the fact that we're mowing too late. Uh, so you have to be mindful of both. And so really, it's a good rule of thumb, they say, on weekdays is between the hours of 9 a.m. and before 6 p.m. That's where it's hard for us. What? The early- I know, but, you 6 know, that's, that's just a a guide, a guide. But I would say later is really the key, especially on weekends. Because, you know, a lot of people, when you're working through the week, you want to take an opportunity to sleep in a little bit on the weekends. So, yes, that is kind of the rule of thumb. You know, that, that uh, through the weekday, 9 to 6 which on the weekends, don't start before 10 a.m. Okay. Okay. How, but okay. So, is there a rule in the in the weekends how late I can go? Because everybody's up partying where I live. So, is there a rule on how late we can go? You know, it's it, they rule of thumb is kind of still around the same time frame. But I personally do not agree with that. I feel like it should <laughs> you should be able to mow later into the evening. But of course, that's the one that we kind of break. So. <laughs> Uh, Susan Beckwith is our guest. We're talking about uh, ma- etiquette on maintaining your property, in particular, maintaining your lawn. Okay, so Casey, now Casey's very rich, so she has a giant sprawling mansion that really doesn't have much of a yard. Right. When are you having us over, Casey? <laughs> <laughs> Anytime, Susan. <laughs> uh, it's very, it's ver- a very wonderful sprawling piece of property. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, Ewing family, in fact, would be blushing if they had to walk into Casey's house. It's a postage stamp. <laughs> It's what he's saying. There's really not a lot to mow. But for those of us yeah. who, but, but for those of us who do mow, and some of us like me who do it once a week, your grass gets long. You get those clippings when you're done. Yeah. I maintain that will will just decompose into the grass. It'll make the grass more healthy. Nothing to worry about. Am I being a bad neighbor? Now, I am one that would prefer for them to be bagged, but, you know, other people like yourself prefer to keep the clippings in their yard, and that's okay. The rule of thumb there is just to make sure you're you're keeping them in your yard, Mm. so not in the sidewalk and not in the yard, or excuse me, in the street. So you got to take that leaf blower and blow them back into the yard, Rob. (laughs) Yes. Yes, good. <laughs> exactly. Not only that, but it's very dangerous for motorcycle riders to ride over those grass clippings because it makes the road very slippy. You you don't want anybody having an accident right in front of your house, do you? So wait, I got to go get a leaf blower <laughs> because some grass clippings might have gone out off the under the side of the street. Is that what you're telling me, Susan? Yes, 
Yes. You want yes. to be kind and courteous and conscientious and, you know, certainly wouldn't want to cause an accident. But just even from the look of things, you know, we want to keep it tidy. And, and that's part of our responsibility. So, uh, yes, Rob. Uh, Susan, back with our guests. It's Mind Your Manners. We're talking about the manners, the etiquette of maintaining your property. In particular, we've been talking about the lawn. Let's talk about this, though, Susan. This was interesting because, well, you are the Beckwiths. You have many, many people over at your house all the time for a variety of reasons. And let's talk about something that is interesting to me. When you own a, again, not a mansion like the one Casey lives in with a sprawling <laughs> parking arrangement in the back in the back of the property, mm-hmm. but when you are just regular middle class people like us and you just have a driveway and a regular house and you're having people over, how do you advise people on how to park? I think honestly just really making sure to communicate, please do not park in any neighbor's actual lawn. And this one hits a little close to home. My parents live across the street from an elementary school. So a lot of times they will have functions there and there's just not enough parking for all the parents. And so when they park in the street, a lot of times instead of actually on the road, it ends up being in their yard. And so it creates these huge ruts. And I think that's a perfect opportunity where somebody could potentially trample flower beds and, you know, even potentially break sprinkler heads. And so just really giving them clear instructions on here are places that you can park where you're not going to potentially ruin or damage someone's property. Susan, we've spent a lot of time talking about property taxes on this very show, and curb appeal plays into that. It may not make your house worth more money, but it sure makes it look like it's worth more money. Where do we fall on the extra cars and maybe a couch or the children's toys out in the front yard? Absolutely. You should be keeping up. You do not want to be the eyesore of the neighborhood. You are a reflection of the neighborhood. So being very conscientious about that, you know, at the end of the day, putting away toys, putting away equipment, you know, that is uh, just your responsibility. And so you want to do your part. And it's really noticeable when there's a neighbor that is not. And what about maintaining the shrubs and the hedges? You do yeah. that, but what if your neighbors don't? What's the polite yeah, way yeah, of reminding yeah. them? Yeah, can I go yell at my neighbor and go, get going, you ding dog, or we're all in this together? Well, I'm relying on you. I'm going to forward this to all of my neighbors. <laughs> a good reminder and a, a, a passive-aggressive way of saying, please, no, honestly, we have great neighbors. We're probably the ones that uh, needed the reminder as far as really respecting property lines. We have two beautiful corkscrew willow trees in the back. I don't know if you're familiar with those, but willows are huge, and they're branches, and they're just a very messy tree, though. So it's important that you are being mindful and making sure you're pruning those vines and shrubs and trees so that they don't encroach on a neighbor's space. And we're also really blessed to have an HOA. So they also address some of those areas that, you know, somebody's not keeping up. Now, what about edging? What if you have that little sliver of grass between your driveways that's really your neighbor's property? They don't edge, you do. Is it okay if you just edge that two-foot space? Yeah, 
I think so. <laughs> I lo- I, wait, hang, hang on a second, Susan. I love that we've kind of taken this very high-level thing, and Casey is asking these very intimate, Specific. detail-oriented, because clearly someone in Casey's neighborhood has offended her, and she's looking for you, Susan, to go, yeah, go get them in that person's grill, and you tell them what's going on. <laughs> no, but I've seen it a lot, where there's uh, people share almost a driveway, except that little patch of grass in between, and technically it may belong to your neighbor, but if if you're out there edging, is it okay if you just do it? I believe so. Honestly, it doesn't make a difference to them. And if it does to you and you don't care to expend the extra effort, I I would say that is absolutely fine. All right. Before we let you go, I, I've decided this in my head. and I'm going to see if I'm correct. At your house, Micah totally strikes me as the sort of guy who would make his wife cut the grass and maintain the lawn. <laughs> No, actually, we have lived in our home since 2010, and I've cut the grass one time. Uh, so I uh, I do more of the flowers. He's very particular about the lines, and so he he likes to take care of the lawn. So uh, that works out just fine for me, And uh, but I, I, I'm glad that he does take a lot of care of all right. Well, in, in addition to being uh, the great advice on manners and etiquette, in addition to being the former Miss Indiana, you also have a very fabulous website, Bell of the Midwest. Tell us about it. Yes. So that's a great way for folks to get in touch with me. I'm getting back and into doing some speaking engagements. So if you have a school function or a civic group that you would love for me to come and share, I really enjoy that. So you can get in touch with me through my website. There will be new content as far as blog posts coming in May. So please continue to check back. And uh, yeah, it's been really fun getting back into into Bell of the Midwest. I I have a mother-daughter tea that is coming up next Saturday with the Noblesville Parks Department. They are closing registration and there are a few openings left for the morning session. So if you call today you could uh, get the chance to take part in that next weekend. Bellofthemidwest.com. That's B-E-L-L-E of the Midwest.com. Don't forget that E. Susan Beck with You're the Best. Thank you. Have a great weekend. And that's going to do it for us. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Kevin. Good job today. And thank you for listening. We're going to count on you to be back here on Monday. Have a wonderful weekend. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.